looking over your notes now. Looking over. I thank you for your word. It's good to have a soldier talk to us about what's on a soldier's heart. I wore a decoration shirt. Mm. <laughs> uh, the Blakeleys will not be having a regular Friday night home fellowship. So you got to attend to find out when, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Week to week basis. All right. All right. We can do that. But uh, it's it's been... We have three families out on vacation that I know of, maybe four. What is up with everybody taking these vacations? Makes me feel needed, I guess. This morning we're in John chapter 10. Be looking at verses 22 through 39. In chapter 10 and earlier chapters, there's been a dispute among the people there in Jerusalem, in the temple, is Jesus the Son of God? Or as others claim, perhaps he has a demon. There's times when I will encounter an unbelieving person, and I'll ask them a couple questions. I say, you must consider, is Jesus who he said he is? Or, if not, is Jesus a liar? Now, you've got to be in one camp or to the other. And that makes that, hopefully, that makes that person stop and think. What category do they put Jesus in? Uh, but asking those two questions, you get a, a real idea where they're at spiritually. And the common Jew of Jesus' day is trying to determine... Is Jesus God, or is he of the devil? And it was that straightforward. Jesus will answer this question as we read uh, John 10, verse 22 through 30. Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life that they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and my Father are one. This is the Feast of Dedication. Uh, what they commonly call Hanukkah today. And it's a feast where the cleansing of the temple from Antiochus Epiphanes, who was king of Syria, who invaded Israel in about 165 B.C. And he desecrated the temple that was there. 
He stole millions of dollars worth of gold and silver from the temple treasury. He outlawed owning a copy of the Mosaic Law. If you, uh, that could be a death sentence upon you. Circumcision was punishable by death, not only to the child, but to the parents. He turned the temple into a house of prostitution. He offered pigs on the uh, altar of sacrifice, and he assassinated over 80,000 Jews, and he sold others into slavery. This was Antiochus of Epiphanes. The Maccabees, they rose up and ended the horrors that were going on there in the temple, and they found one little vial, one little bottle of oil to light the temple lights. And it was enough oil for one day. But the lights burned for eight days. And it was a miracle of lights. And it was celebrated year after year. And even today it's celebrated. And this celebration of the dedication of lights in the temple occurs, like I said, in Hanukkah time or during our Christmas season. But verse 1, notice, Jesus is walking on Solomon's porch. He's not teaching. He's just observing what's going on there in the temple. And he, then he is surrounded by uh, Jewish rulers, and they demand that Jesus give them an answer. Verse 24 is their question. How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Well, Jesus has been telling them plainly. And he says, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness of me, of who I am. And the Jews respond by surrounding Jesus and he is right there in the middle of what we would call an ambush. They're surrounding him with, with harm intended towards him. Jesus has told these leaders over a dozen times there in the temple that he is the Christ. Over a dozen times. And I'll name just several of them here. In John chapter 3, 13, I came from heaven meaning he's God. John 5, 19, I am the son of God. John 8, 58, I am the great I am. And every Jew that knew his scriptures knew what Jesus was referring to. And Jesus names 12 different times that he declared who he is. But it doesn't matter because the rulers have a heart that is full of unbelief. But Jesus is straightforward. I told you who I am, but you do not believe. But he says, my works, they bear witness of me. And the reason of your unbelief, and he's going to tell them, is because you're not my sheep. You're not of me. For my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Jesus, he's declaring, here is what I give my sheep. 
He says, I give them eternal life. I give them never-ending protection. No one, no thing can take them from my hand. Nor can they take them from my father's hand who gave me these sheep. That is security, my friend. That is as sound as you can get in the Lord. Jesus has given these rulers the reason they do not believe. And he said, first, he says, you're not shepherds. You're not leading the people. You're not being that good leader of the people. And then he tells them, in fact, you're not only bad shepherds, but you're not even of my sheep. And Jesus is telling these Jewish leaders, because you're not my sheep, the promise of eternal life it does not apply to you. This promise of eternal life is for the sheep of Jesus. It's a promise of God's faithfulness. He is faithful to us, his own. Now, all we have to do to fall into that category is by an act of our free will be believing. Isn't it amazing? All you have to do to obtain eternal life is believe. You will live a life of confession of Jesus then. But this, it's sort of not striking home to these leaders. And there are some, unfortunately, that claim this promise of Jesus who do not really know Jesus. And that's sad. It really is. And if you know and abide in Jesus, you have all the security you could ever dream of wanting. For sure, God is faithful. He's faithful to give eternal life, and he's faithful to keep you from falling falling away from him and the Father. No one or no thing can snatch you out of his hand. Nothing. And you can't be snatched out of the Father's hand either who gave us to Jesus. For Jesus and the Father, they are one. They're one in purpose, they're one in cause, but they're not one deity. They're separate entities, but they're one in cause and purpose. And after this security statement by Jesus, the Jewish rulers, they have an evil reaction. And let's read about that in verses 31 through 39. Then the Jews took up stones against, again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father, for which of those works... Do you stone me? And the Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, You are gods? And if he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, 
Do you say of him who the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am a son of God? If I do the works of my Father, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe, believe the works, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore, they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. These Jewish rulers are so evil in their nature that they want to kill Jesus. Now, you would think they would rationalize this because murder is in my heart. Maybe I'm not doing so good. But they don't get that far. Their, their hate of Jesus is so vehement that they want to kill him. Their nature is evil because they want to kill. And they stop and they gather stones to stone him. And their intent is to stone Jesus for claiming to be one with God the Father. And they considered Jesus' words blasphemy. They understand Jesus' claim, and they want to kill him because he claims to be God. And Jesus quotes the Old Testament. He says, hey, in the law, in the Torah, I said the words of Jesus, you are God's. And that's a small g, by the way. You are earthly judges, or small g, gods. And that's recorded in Psalm 82, Exodus, in a couple places. Therefore, if these unjust earthly judges are given the title gods because of the position they have, why then am I... Why do you call me a blasphemer in light of my testimony of being the son of God? Jesus has just destroyed their claim, their argument that he blasphemed. And he uses Old Testament scripture to discredit them. Notice this. Jesus declares, I said. In John 1, 1, Jesus is described as the author and writer of Scripture. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And Jesus is there speaking of himself. And Jesus continues with, I know you do, do not believe, but you should believe because of what my works Judge me by my works. Are my works not proof that I am God and God in me? Well, they do. In Matthew's gospel, you may want to turn there. We're looking at Matthew 9, 1 through 8. Uh, it's Jesus doing a miracle that uh, gives proof. Matthew 9, verse 1. So he got into a boat and crossed over, and he came to his own city. 
Then behold, they brought him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. <clears throat> and at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? And then he says, For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now that when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. Jesus' word, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Now the scribes and the Pharisees and the rulers, they instantly conclude this man Jesus has just blasphemed. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he asked, why do you think evil in your hearts? He busts them right on their thought process. Why do you think evil in your hearts? The accusation that Jesus blasphemed is a sinful, evil thought. Unbelief is not passive. Unbelief is evil. It's evil. We think we're just trying to make up our mind about something, but unbelief is evil. Unbelieving mankind in their logical, secular thinking, they think if they believe Jesus is not God, that's an evil thought. Because the Holy Spirit works in all hearts to show and demonstrate what? That Jesus is God. And to think otherwise, it's an evil thought. To conclude anything apart from the truth that Jesus is not God is evil, and it's from Satan himself. Remember when Jesus said to the, uh, the rulers and the scribes and the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil, because they were liars and murderers in their heart. These rulers, these same ones accused Jesus of blasphemy where it matters the most, and that's down in their heart. They refuse to believe. What is blasphemy? Well, simply put, it's attributing the works of God to Satan. That's all it is. Jesus has a reply to these unbelievers. What is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk? Well, there's no physical proof, if you just speak of sin being forgiven, because there's no outward sign of it. But Jesus continues, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin, you have to come to a realization here. 
And it's something for us Christians to realize also. That to forgive sins requires power. He said that the Son of Man has power. Power that only God has. We can look upon the cross of Jesus as a great sacrifice, and it was. We can look upon it as love and grace being demonstrated to us, and it was. But notice this. Jesus is stronger, more powerful than sin. Have you ever thought about that? He is stronger than sin. So Jesus, he completes the healing of this body of this paralytic. And he tells him, arise, take up your bed and walk. Go to your home. You are forgiven and you are healed. And the healing is just proof that he was forgiven. And the people marvel at this. That God has the power demonstrated in Jesus to forgive sin. This is the work of Jesus, and it reveals to all who call upon him the forgiveness of sin. The forgiveness of sin is the greatest miracle any of us will ever observe. The power to forgive sin. Have you ever felt guilty over a sin? Well, if you've lived, you have. To have a conscience that's cleansed by the power of God in the forgiveness of sin is mighty. It changes your whole outlook. It changes your whole demeanor for as life goes. I am forgiven. What a blessing it is just to know that you're forgiven. That comes from the power of Jesus Christ. Power over sin. And we're allowed to repent. Allowed to repent. You do not have to carry your sins. We have the authority of Jesus declaring that we're sin free if we will simply repent. What a blessing that is. Amen? Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the forgiveness of sins. We thank you that you sent your own son and gave him authority and power over sin. He had to go to the cross. He had to raise again, and we thank you that he did. But it was his power to forgive sins that allows us to live a sin-free life. Lord, we can just come to you, and you're faithful and just to forgive us, and we thank you for that. What a blessing it is just to have a clean conscience between yourself and ourself, Lord, not to carry around the guilt of our sin. And we've all sinned, Lord, but we have forgiveness. And it's by the power in your name that we have that forgiveness, and we thank you for it. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being stronger than sin, conqueror of death, 
and for that we're eternally grateful. And we give you thanks and glory, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.